GalaxyCon Live is the place for you to hear about fandom from the celebrities who bring geek culture to life. Welcome, friends and fans, to another episode of GalaxyCon Live, where we are bringing the convention experience directly to you. And today, we are going back to the island with five amazing cast members from Lost, and now is the time for all of you in our chat room to begin typing in your questions for them. Immediately after this session, you will have the opportunity to talk to them directly through our private chat options, as well as shop through our selection of personalized autographs, all of which are available now at galaxycon.com. So without further ado, let's open up the hatch and bring them out. Our first guest is an actor and producer whose body of work includes the Wishmaster film series, Another 48 Hours, and the highly underrated Oblivion series of films. Today he joins us to discuss the role of the multiple timeline appearances of Mikhail Bakkenen. Please welcome Andrew Divoff. Thanks very much. Good to be with you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, boss. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. And yourself? Uh, holding up well. Uh, like I said, uh, we are in a new year, and I think so far it's we're just the, the new year is brushing off the last of the old year. And that's yeah. that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I'm here. I'm uh, I'm coming to you live from uh, uh, from my brewery, from Three Marm Brewing, and uh, and here at uh, here at work today, I've got my got my gear all ready to go, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, and, and just to to the fans who are who are tuning in, thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Absolutely glad to have you here. Uh, you uh, again, yes, you, you're heavily involved with brewing. Uh, you got uh, some. Uh, it, tell us a little bit about about your uh, your brewing uh, career. Um, so you know, it it, it kind of started uh, in thirteen two thousand thirteen. I went out. Long story short, I went out to Colorado. Uh, to help a friend was invited out by uh, by Ron Crawford. I got to meet uh, Adam Drager, who is uh, sort of my mentor. He's a he's a uh, a master brewer. Uh, came up to me. I was supporting a charity out there. They were pouring wine and cheese. The wine happened to be called uh, uh, Gin Malbec. I, I, I guess as an homage to the uh, to the creature. And um, uh, the, the the wine, frankly, was fairly awful. It, I, I wouldn't put it on a salad. But uh, but Adam came up to me and he said, you know what? The Wishmaster needs a beer. And so it started with that. Uh, uh, and, and and thank you to uh, Gina uh, Migliozzi uh, out at uh, Rock and Shock. She allowed me to bring the beer out and pour it. Uh, I brought it out there with uh, with the great help of uh, Ron Crawford. Uh, we poured it for the first time and uh, and people dug it. It's a, uh, a Belgian golden strong ale. Uh, starts uh, with Persian lime. Uh, and finishes with uh, roasted habanero for that hellish heat. Ooh, okay. Now, now, first you had my interest, now you have my attention. Uh, well, I, I look forward to grabbing some of this. And did I read correctly that uh, you took a sledgehammer to the Berlin Wall? I, I did. I did. I happened to be in line. Next guy in line, uh, they handed me the the the, the, the mallet, the, the sledgehammer, and uh, I started whacking away. Um, I just remember it was weird, the footing of that wall had a, a sort of almost a, a K rail thing going on so that you couldn't, you couldn't approach it. So I, I was kind of throwing my back out each time I hit, but uh, I got caught up in the moment as it were. Hey, that was a moment in history. I envy you for that. Do you, uh, did you keep a piece of it? You know, I gave, I gave it all away. I gave it all away. Um, I've got, I've got uh, uh, pictures uh, from the event, but, uh, but my most sort of the most stunning visual for me was, was seen because at that time um, the West German Republic was giving the uh, the East Germans they would come across the border checkpoint Charlie in fact yeah. and uh, was giving them two hundred marks um, to come in and buy whatever and 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 it was the oddest thing to see this sort of line of ants I mean it 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 just reminded me of that they they were all very orderly walking in line and coming through and 
getting their their money. And then the other line on the other side of the street was going back. Wow. And what was going back was was uh, uh, microwaves, televisions, things that uh, that, uh, you know, behind the Iron Curtain were <laughs> fantasies. So it, it was it blue, was quite blue uh, jeans, blue jeans. <laughs> yes. And blue jeans, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, uh, I'm, I'm so happy that I that I that I attended, that I went there and, uh, and it, uh, you know, uh, I'll never forget it. A, mo- a moment in history. I I, I, I I envy you for that. Thank I really you. do. So and thank you for being here again. Oh, you bet. Uh, uh, and who else is here? He is an actor whose body of work includes The Expanse, Rescue Dawn, and the 2017 version of The Tick. Today he joins us as astrophysicist and trading video star, Dr. Pierre Chang. Please welcome back Francois Chow. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hey, Francois. <laughs> hey, Andrew. Been a while. Yes, it has. I think uh, was it uh, yeah, it's like over ten years since we did that. Thing yeah, was, was London, wasn't it, or, or outside of London? Outside yeah. of London, yeah, yeah. Been a while, brother. We we yeah. have to catch up. Right, exactly, exactly. Francois, it was just here a few weeks ago. We had an animated G.I. Joe reunion, which was an absolute blast. And uh, usually I would say, oh, how's your year? How's your new year? But uh, I literally just saw you about three weeks ago. So <laughs> how have you been since then? I, I've been doing well, you know, trying to just uh, uh, hanging in there. Uh, wear a mask. Stay away from people. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Indeed, Andrew, Andrew, Andrew's mask is not not just for heavy work. So, well, yeah. Francois, always a pleasure to have you back here. It's so good to see you again. Thanks, Patty. Thanks. Right. Our next guest, he is an Emmy Award winning actor whose credits include Slaving Private Ryan, was also in Rescue Dawn with Francois, and Justified. Today, he joins us to discuss the role of temporal scientist Daniel Faraday. Please welcome Jeremy Davis. Hey, hey, my friends, Francois. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy. Good to see you, family, friends. Good to see you, Patty, brother. Patty, thank you for having me so wildly against your better judgment. Good to uh, uh, how can we not, sir? Thank you for joining us. I have been a great admirer of, of your body of work for so long. And um, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge Justified geek, so I really enjoyed your performance in that. As And and I think it was, definitely was worthy worthy of, of, of an Emmy, and thank you for that. Well, uh, I, I'm, I am redefining the meaning of grateful for your kind words. Uh, yeah, I still feel like I'm getting away with it. I felt like I've been getting away with it from day one in this business, certainly on Lost. And I, I continued the trend with Justified. felt like I really um, got away with uh, – I actually had a, a theory that I was – the good at which I was aiming, um, like uh, to quote Socrates, if you will, uh, too early in the morning was, um, or my my game plan uh, uh, was to, ideally, what I wanted most was to try to pull off a situation where I could I could establish a character and lost that was as cerebral and intellectual and internal as possible and subtle, and then. Um, in the best of all worlds, even though, you know, you have, you re- most actors have zero control over what roles come next. I was hoping to, I was, I was holding out as long as I could to try to find a role as, 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 uh, you know, recklessly, uh, demonstrative and, um, um, 
as much of a rebel and a loose cannon and uh, uh, as um, as Dicky Bennett. Um, yeah, to be able to show the contrast, but and I, I think your uh, audiences uh, and your peers certainly thought so when you were given that accolade. So well, again, thank you for that, and thank you so much for joining us here today to talk about your role in Lost. You know, it's absolutely a pleasure to have you here, boss. Thank you again for for having me against your better judgment. <laughs> that remains to be seen, young man. Uh, our next guest, he is an actor and screenwriter whose body work includes Bates Motel, Suddenly Susan, and the 2001 version of The Tick. Watch out, Francois. <laughs> Today, he joins us to discuss the role of the ageless Richard Alpert. Please welcome next Nestor Carbano. Carbonell. Right. Hey guys, how are you? Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you for having me, Patty. Oh, oh pleasure, boss. How you been holding up? I'm I'm uh, doing okay, thank you. You know, we are you know hunkered down. At the kids, one's off to college, one's still here, virtual learning, and and my wife is here, so. You know, we're doing okay. Thanks, all things considered. I hope everyone's doing well. It's, it's doing well. Great, Thanks, Mister. Uh, and it's great to see all of you. This is such a special thing for me to have this this mini reunion of sorts. Uh, so thank you, Patty, for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Any, any, any chance any chance to bring Batman well onto the Galaxy Kind of Virtual Stage is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have the cod piece in the ears, and I can get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We're here to talk about Lost. Lost. And speaking of, uh, tell us about All Is Not Lost. Oh my God! Oh yes. So listen, uh, my uh, my beautiful wife Shannon, incredibly talented uh, uh, actress in her own right, and and as well as a writer, um, now wrote a book called, and I'm going to shamelessly plug it here. It's uh, All Is Not Lost. And um, I don't know if you can see it here, but uh, there's a little Easter egg there under the plane. But it, it really, uh, it's a beautiful, you know, we, when we moved to, I moved to Hawaii with, with Shannon and the kids in the um, last season, I was commuting back and forth here from LA and Shannon, the book is really about a, a you know, a woman, it's her memoir who essentially gives up her lifelong dream, her, her, you know, passion that she so identifies with in favor of full-time motherhood only to suddenly find herself at war with her own ego and unfulfilled you know, ambition, self, you know, and so, so it's a really, hopefully, I think it will speak to a lot of people who've either not just fans of the show, uh, naturally, but also people who, who have felt lost at any point and certainly have had to sacrifice something, you know, that, that they so identify with. It's funny. It's heartbreaking. It's raw. It's not a salacious, uh, uh you know, <laughs> tell all in any way, sure. but uh, fans of the show, I think will appreciate all the nods to the sort of off screen work. I think we have the author right here. Come over here. Look at this. We'll introduce the author of this phenomenal Shannon is my wife, Shannon. Hi, everybody. Hello, Jeremy Andrews. Hi, Shannon. Hi. And, uh, yes. And uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm babbling on. But uh, thank you for the fans who have already pre-ordered it. You, you know, if, if uh, you can get it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. It's, it's beautiful. It's raw. It's hysterical and always compelling. So. Absolutely, we're for fine books. Yeah. Thank you so much. Little bit, no, 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 no. Jen, <laughs> she rewrote this, put a lot of effort into it, and it's it's really profound. But it's also just a fun read. So, absolutely. And speaking of fun and beautiful things, our final guest is an actress whose roles include Roswell, The Hills Have Eyes, and of course, one of Galaxcon's favorite shows, Once Upon a Time. Today, she joins us to discuss the role of mother turned warrior Claire Littleton. Please welcome back our friend, Emily DeRaven. 
Absolutely, um, always. Sorry, apologies for my um, undesirable background I've got here. I'm in my Jeep because the Wi-Fi is good. If, if, <laughs> if, if fans have joined us for our Once Upon a Time channels, we'll know that Emily has been doing a, a road excursion throughout parts of the country, and um, she's been done, she's been on some wonderful adventures. Yeah, we have. It's been. It's been. Uh, yeah, we left the beginning of. August and not sure how long wow. we're going, but you know, started in um in LA at home and then just being yeah, stopping sort of every three to seven nights and it's it's insanely cool. I gotta tell you, I mean I knew this country was beautiful, but yeah. really had no idea it's so cool. how much so cool. and you know, just trying to, you know, nutshell too for why we're doing it is um our nearly five year old was gonna be going into kindergarten and we didn't want her going in person or knowing if it was going to be in person or whatever a little one just turned two so to give them you know an enriching time during this challenging to say the least period of our lives um we decided to do this because we can do it socially distanced you know we have a big rv um and just be outside and educate and live and love and learn and spend time together absolutely and that's yeah and we're in florida right now we just got to florida like four days ago so, the weather is amazing. You, uh, uh, as, a, as a Floridian and someone in, in Orlando right now, and I, I can tell you, you picked about the best time of the year. This is the year when, when people come and visit. Yeah. I say, oh, should move here. No, you don't want to. Come, come back. Come <laughs> yeah, back no, we wanted, we, this was the first stop we actually set when we were, like, mapping it all out. We're like, we want to be in Florida at this time, kind of only. And yeah, so we're going down to the Keys next. And, oh, beautiful! Yeah, super oh, that'll be lovely. That'll be lovely. Well, gentlemen and lady, uh, as always, uh, thank you for joining us here today. Uh, we here at GalaxyCon are looking forward to the time when the world does get a little bit back to normal, and we're looking forward to the yes. day when we can host you on our physical stages and get you all back in front of your fans. But in the meantime, we have this forum called the GalaxyCon Virtual Stage, and so glad to have you all here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Our team right now is going in the chat room and pulling out the questions for us. In the meantime, I would just love to hear how you all came into your roles on Lost and chronologically, of course, ladies first. Chronologically first. <laughs> um, I, as I was doing probably the um, worst is a harsh word, but you know, the worst job. As far as like, it was a super fun job, but the movie was terrible. In um, called Santa's Slay, Slay as in you know killing. Um, anyway, that was in where was that? Um, Edmonton in Canada, and I was working with the lovely and talented Douglas Smith, who I just watched on. I didn't realize he was on Big Little Lies. Awesome job. Um, anyway, we were super young, and I got an audition for for a lost and put myself on tape with him in a hotel room and sent it off and I never had a script um I mean I got one I got <laughs> at some point I got one. but um I think I read I think I might have read Shannon's lines too um anyway um that was that and I just sent that off and I don't I didn't get the script till I got to Hawaii um I went home to repack from this Santa sleigh experience and so from snow to beautiful Hawaii yeah. or within like a few weeks it was a 
a whirlwind. It was awesome. And it was just one of those things that I had a, a gut feeling about, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a big risk to take on, um, you know, a decision like that. It's a little easier when you're younger, I guess. But, I'm doing um, it, it's, a lot, it's a big time commitment, you know, and if you, you don't know yeah. oh, much yeah. about it, except, yeah. you know, I mean, the obvious I being JJ and, you know, I, I was a big fan of his work and, um, yeah. That was kind of how it all went down. And uh, and what and what a what a run for your character. Yeah, it was it was uh, that was another cool thing about you know there's there's other shows that I've been on that I you know you never know everything about your character from day one. It's just impossible, but for many reasons. But um, there was a lot I did not know about Claire, and I was I was quite nervous about that because. I don't know, I, I was more so than I am now um, when I'm acting. I, I like to know, I'm the kind of person, just as Emily too, I like to know everything, sure. I need to know everything. Um, so that was a challenge, but ended up being a really good challenge, one of those challenges that you actually really learn from Certainly. and really, in the end, just embrace and found found why that ended up being really cool because she did she went through a lot of um twists and turns i mean especially at the end obviously i knew quite early on that they were going to do like a year go away for her so i sort of knew something was happening but had no idea oh well (laughs) yeah very 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 lucky she was an awesome character certainly i miss you claire Good job, girl oh indeed indeed so uh francois i think you came in on season two correct i i I think I came in, uh, yeah, at the, 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 the end of season one is when they opened the hatch, right? If I, if I remember correctly. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, season two was the when they find the little orientation film that, uh, that I do. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but then... Uh, it was supposed, you know, when I got the got the gig, uh, I thought it was just going to be a. I think it was just going to be a, a one-time thing where they find this little clips of film and then that was it. But then they kept calling, and uh, you know, who am I to say no, right? <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> it's funny about what the, uh, Emily's saying about the character because uh, you know I think everybody here uh, has the same thing where we we didn't really get the whole script or we didn't get you know we got very little information and so as 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 we went along and i kept doing these uh these orientation videos and stuff and uh it wasn't until later where my character was seen a little more and then by that time you know all of a sudden uh, i'm looking at the script and i go wow I, I, I'm I'm kind of an asshole in this thing. <laughs> it's too late to, to <laughs> you you and you just gotta go along with it. <laughs> an honest asshole. We love yeah. you for that. <laughs> 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 Absolutely fair. So and then season three that brought us uh Andrew and Nestor. Andrew, why don't you take it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so it was wonderful. A shout out, a quick shout out to uh, April Webster, uh, who uh, yeah, I, I, I thank, you know, first of all, lost changed my life, the island, the people, the, the, the local people, and then, and of course, the crew, uh, my fellow cast members. Um, so, you know, I, I was running a logging crew. It was, it was 03. I had said no, um, uh, 
share with you. I, I had said no to some other roles um, that, that, that were Russian uh, uh, and that different accents, uh, different uh, accented characters uh, for the show. And uh, I, as I said, I was running a logging crew at the time. Um, we were up in the mountains. I'm up in the San Bernardino Mountains. We were experiencing the uh, bark beetle infestation, which killed 90% of our uh, coulter pines up here. Um, and so um, I, I, I was, you know, I was I was doing all right. I was making, you know, decent money, good money. Um, end of a day, it, it was so odd because you couldn't, uh, mind you, in the, in the mountains, um, fireplaces, chimneys are, are important, especially this time of the year, uh, winter. Um, so I, I, you couldn't give firewood away. So my day, I was a glorified groundman, which means I would clear the lines for the climber cutter, uh, get rid of the slash, the stuff that had come off the tree, move it around. And at the end of the day, I would, uh, I would take all of that and the, and the rounds to the, uh, to the dump. Um, and I had kept saying no and no and no to, uh, to April. And then I, then I read, I read the sides, um, for Mikhail and I, I was, I, I was, I loved the guy. Um, I, I love the fact that his nobility, um, this was a read where he he's confronted by his, uh, by the captain or actually it was the Admiral. He, he was a, he was a captain at the time. And, and, um, and one of the lines I, uh, the Admiral's lines, uh, uh, essentially, uh, was, uh, you know, what you've done is going to, and if you persist in this, it's going to cost you your life. And, and, uh, and I, I just that, that quiet moment. And I, I decided uh, I, I threw a nod in there as if, you know, um, saying, okay, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, his, his nobility. I, um, so I, I fell in love with that, with that character. And then the rest, as far as getting a script, are you kidding? No script, uh, you know, <laughs> show, show up and, and, and feeling like, oh my God, um, I'm, I'm, this is it. I'm going to step up on a stool, look into a, a camera lens and, uh, goodbye i'm done never be back you know it's it's that that uh, at least for me it's that the sort of uh oh that feeling that uh, that uh, uh you've never done as good as you could and that uh they'll never call me i'm not you know all, all of that crap but anyway um um I, I i love the guy love the island love the people and uh and i i wish i mean looking at, at these beautiful people on on the screen um including yourself patty i i i wish that i I had been able to to be in scenes and work work with all of you, uh, but I'm so happy and so so proud that uh, that uh, to a greater or lesser extent I've managed to uh, become at least an acquaintance, if not a friend, with all of these beautiful people. So I'm a I'm a lucky guy. What can I tell you? And we're we're, we're so lucky to have you here, boss. Thank well, you, guys. So, so uh, Nestor, you. Uh... I, uh, I, again, you, you were the big enigma character and, uh, and then you were the bigger enigma when you went to go work on another project, but fortunately things worked out. They brought you back. <laughs> oh, wait, he's like, you're on mute. <laughs> Still on mute. Hmm. Is he muted from our end? Oh dear. We're getting him. Uh, uh, our technical people say that uh, your mic is trying to cut out. Oh, wait. There we go. Is that it? Oh, right yes. Uh, I've got those. It was the dog for sure. She came in here. And <laughs> um, I just want to say, like Andrew, I, I incredibly lucky. I mean, this is a, a show that for me certainly changed my life, changed the life of the lives of, of my entire family. 
And it came in a, in a very unexpected way, you know, like Andrew. And by the way, Andrew, I think, how many languages do you speak? This is one of the beautiful uh, of the show. I, I speak eight. I speak eight. Unbelievable. You know, incredible the things you find out about, you know, the, the, the enormous talents of, of all of these people. Uh, but I was blown away by that when we met. Uh, um, Thank you, brother. But yeah, incredibly lucky. And and yes, the way the way I came to the show was, you know, not unlike Andrew, it was one of those things sort of kind of last minute. You get these sides. And I remember Shannon was a massive fan of the show, um, you know, religious watcher, you know, and and she said and she was acting at the time. She said, if whoever gets a shot at being on the show, we're all going to go to the island. You know, you know, if we get a guest shot on the show. So sure enough, I get this material, but I ha- we have a scheduled uh, uh, meeting at preschools for for one of our ki- for our oldest child, you know, that day. And I'm like, well, I've got this audition, and it's mounds of material, and I don't want to lose our one shot at the show by not preparing for it. And I've got to do this thing for our kid. So I was like, you know, I'm not. I'm going to pass on this one, and hopefully there'll be another opportunity. Um, but sure enough, I woke up in the morning and I was like, I can't pass on. You know, there's no way. There's a lot of great material here. I went in, and there were, it was every different ethnicity in the group. I, I, you know, I was like different ages for the character. I go, wow, I don't know if they know exactly what they're going for here. There's not a specific type, but thankfully it came together in the room. April Webster was amazing, and but then like Andrew, I was like, well, that's gone. Uh, I haven't heard. <laughs> uh, work again. I'm going to pay for that preschool. But, uh, <laughs> but sure, sure enough, uh, it wasn't actually long after that that I got a call. I was like, "Yeah, you're going to water." I'm like, "What?" Yeah, go, yeah. And it was a guest spot. It was to be a flashback for Juliet's character, uh, episode seven in, in uh, season three, Newton Portman. I bet. And so, so I go, so I, I go home. I tell my wife she's flipping out. And she goes, we're going to Hawaii. I'm going, well, I don't know. I mean, she goes, we're going to Hawaii. <laughs> so we all packed up and went and uh, had the time of our lives. And again, thought, okay, that's it. Uh, you know, it's a little contained piece for backstory. That was fun. And then not long after that, two or three weeks later, after it aired, they're like, yeah, they want you back on the island. I go, but I mean, anyway, so. You know, long story short, uh, uh, the character like Francois, you know, uh, was unexpectedly called on to be in the present day. And then little did I know that I didn't age, uh, that uh, (laughs) I was uh, 100 years old. And uh, one of my favorite moments was when I when I got to the island, you know, we all got the script hand delivered to us. This is before the Internet was blown up. And, uh, and and I remember being at the hotel, the Ala Moana Hotel, and I was like, oh, they couldn't leave it at the, at the lobby. I had to come, they either had to come, I had to go down and receive it personally. I was like, wow, this is <laughs> impressive. So I get it, I open it, and then I see my name. And it's just like sort of like, an, you know, on, 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 on the front cover of the, of the script and then on every page. And I'm going, it is so nice of them. What a welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize. Oh, they oh they don't want me to photograph. That's great. anyway, but uh, that was my intro to life. There you go, Ed. Ed, season four. Jeremy, you came on board. What was that experience like? Oh, good heavens, my friend. Um, well, sincerely, I echo um, the honor that these guys are expressing. Um, to this day, I'm still not convinced, or maybe just now I'm starting to 
become convinced that it might be too late to recast my role. <laughs> a little bit. That's how, I, how much of a, a crime, sincerely a crime, I felt it was that I, as I, I know I'm, I sound violently self-deprecating and I do have that tendency, but I tell you, uh, I it, they should have screen tested me. They should have auditioned me. Uh, and if they had, I, there's no way I would have gotten this role for a number of reasons. But so I think it was when I say it was against the better judgments of our criminally gifted showrunners, um, Carlton Damon, I really mean it um, for a few reasons. It turned out to be this pretty wild um, collision of serendipity and synchronicity, me and ending up on the show for the following reasons, which I swear I'll try to make as engaged as possible. Um, I want to digress too recklessly, but the project I'd done before this, I was, um, I had the great honor of working with my friend Francois uh, with the legendary filmmaker um, Werner Herzog on Rescue Dawn, right? Mm -hmm. And um, again, against his better judgment. And that experience, if you know, Herzog's films, if you've seen Fitzgeraldo and the documentary that came along with it about how it was like one of the most difficult films ever to be made, we had a really Fitzgeraldo-esque experience on making Rescue Dawn. Very, you know, half the crew quits. They were so frustrated with Herzog. And I, I was playing a prisoner of war, right, uh, Vietnam War. And to honor these prisoners, um, these soldiers, I didn't want to show up looking well-fed. Um, so I lost 40 pounds, actually, for the role. Um, and the connection to the lost is this is what I did. This was a project I did be before. So I lost all that weight. And when I came back, um, I was sick during that experience, just trying to get down to that weight and deal with all the stress and uh, um, and shadowing Herzog, which is a whole other adventure. <laughs> um, and the uh, this again, I mean, I mean it. This offer, which shouldn't have been an offer, which is just the most criminal uh, offer ever in the history of Hollywood. Um, uh, this came out of nowhere, and I happen to be in the very best sense of nowhere. Um, but what I mean by synchronicity this collision of synchronicity and serendipity is i at that time i was sick trying to gain this weight back and didn't even realize how sick i was but i was also reading a book at the time called the field which is one of my favorite books of all time by lynn mctaggart which is she's this brilliant uh journalist scientist who who this story is is it's like a detective story a science detective story about real life quantum physicists who are rogue quantum physicists pushing the envelope of, you know, pushing back against Newtonian based scientists, which is essentially Faraday. Um, you know, there was a lot of Faraday in this book. So I, I was like halfway through it when the offer came to play Faraday. And so <laughs> it became. This book, The Field, it really became, um, you know, just the, uh, the spirit of Faraday. And 
here I go digressing recklessly when I said I wouldn't. So, so you had a quantum moment where you were doing the research for the role and before the role had been offered. Yes. Yeah. That's what I mean about the exactly. Well yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So, oh, hey, and a reminder to our audience, if you would like to chat with our guests like I am now or purchase a personalized autograph, sign up now at galaxycon.com. And I've been told that we have questions for our audience. We are good to go to. So let's go ahead and roll our first one. And this is going to come from Kristen. And she would like to know, what's the best memory you have from your time on Lost? <laughs> I'll, I'll go that it's not just one one time or one memory that it's it's a memory that happened multiple times of um especially on night shoots when we're on the beach but daytime too of the musically inclined and talented yes. not me um <laughs> would sit around in our past chairs in a circle and play guitar and sing and sometimes we'd have you know we'd use one of the fires that were lit because the beach always had the campfires i mean and that was work yeah it was like oh my god (laughs) really special people really special memories and just you know sharing sharing those sort of sing-along chats by the campfire on like a regular basis was Especially earlier on, especially like season one, season two. Yeah. Um, just really, really special. And always remember that. Yeah. That's nice. I, I agree with Emily. I think any any time we had this sort of bond on that beach, I mean, this, this, the, the material itself was a gift. The, the other gift was the people that we got to meet and work with. And then the, the other, on top of that, you add a walk into the middle. And it's just, just for anyone who's had the privilege of ever having to, to travel there, it's one of the most magical places on earth that I've certainly and, and yeah, I mean it's stunning. And and just getting to throw the football with Terry O'Quinn on the beach, those are moments I'll, I'll never forget. You're right, hearing Josh Holloway sing uh Landslide, that was epic. That was pretty that was special. Uh, I mean, they were just you know talking about whiskey with Michael Emerson. I mean, just the simple things or even going around the you know the cast base and saying what rate your top five uh, you know candy bars. I mean, it was just, <laughs> those are just the best moments, you know. So so it was all of that yeah. for me. Zagnut, Charleston Chew, watch your buckle. Apollo. Nice. Who's a, who else got a memory they'd like to share? Um, um, just just if I if if I make sort of a, a following up on that. Another link in the chain, you know the the uh, the crew was so amazing, and I I did get to sit around and uh, I'll drop a name, Naveen, man, when he pull out the guitar and play and and could sing, man, it was it was so wonderful, and I felt so I said, wow, man, I'm I'm sitting in this circle, and 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 I'm I'm not certainly not musically inclined either, Emily, but I thought, wow, man, I'm I'm here and I'm getting to listen, and it's beautiful, and and look where I am, and wow, and and and, and sort of. Uh, a, a sort of a sort of a, 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 a the progression of that was you know being in the jungle for a, a 12 14 16 hour day um it would often rain and and shut everything down and i remember the crew would pull out the uh, five gallon buckets and be drumming away somebody would pull out a, a guitar and they'd be singing and it was it was just amazing you were you were sort of trying to to shelter under a, a palm or whatever not to get too rained on not that that would matter uh 
but uh, but it was uh, you know it was magical and it was the crew and the and the people of that island that that made it that magical mm-hmm. and so i'll i'll never forget those moments yeah nice um here's my memory and i'm hearing all you guys i hate you guys how was it to work with you know Nestor and, and Emily and all these all these great guys and all it must have been so great just hanging out and I'm like, you know, I flew over there. I went to the studio by myself. Wow. I shot my video. I went back to the hotel, and the next day I flew home. And this was like the first, you know, four seasons. And it wasn't until the fifty. The only person on screen right now that I, I had a scene with was uh, Jeremy, I think. Um, and then it wasn't until later on that I got to hang hang out and and hear Joss uh, pull out his guitar and sing and all that stuff. That was great. I was like, wow. Yeah, you know, it's been five years, and and now I get to enjoy some of this. But before that, it was, <laughs> it was yeah. Hawaii is great, but I just remember. Flying over, doing my thing, and even then, you know, you fly over, and I'm I'm in the hotel, and then late at night, somebody would slip uh, under my door the uh, the sides, the scenes for the, for what I was supposed to do the next day, and they were usually like, uh, you know, two three page monologues. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait, what? <laughs> but, you know, finally, I, said, hey, I gotta have a little more time to to study this because it's it's not working. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty lonely the first few years, guys. That's all I have to say. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad glad you were eventually able to to, to join the campfire times. Uh, it was yeah. it was great. It was absolutely was. so. Uh, Jeremy, bring us home. Uh, well, thank you, sir. Um, my probably the most striking memory to begin with, which we've all kind of echoed here, is just a feeling of. Um, the recognition that you're going to work with family in a really rarefied way, I think. Um, you know, Milos Forman's one of my favorite filmmakers, and he used to he used to say that when he was shooting, he was what he was trying to do. He'd shoot a lot of takes. He's famous for shooting a lot. He used to say what he was trying to do was capture unrepeatable moments. And he would try to create an atmosphere on set with his cast where they could be spontaneous on a camera or there could be some kind of rarefied connection that was just, you couldn't write it down on the page. And um, I, I remember feeling like, you know, how fortunate, how incredibly fortunate I was to be every single time I worked to be surrounded by folks as extraordinarily gifted as, as these four family friends here uh, and the others. Um, and by the way, I'll tell you like the secret to getting away with not being recast uh, is to surround yourself with folks like this and writers who are God-sized gifted as well. So there's that kind of overall sure. memory of, of, of feeling like, you know, I get to, the, the secret to getting away with, with, as as I started to say, secret to getting away with not being recast is to make your you know make yourself look better by surrounding yourself with folks like these. Uh, and, and again, you, you speak such you speak such a truth about this show in general. 
the entire extended cast. Uh, again, uh, April, she was the casting director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, a, a fanta- fantastic selection. Yeah, absolutely wow. fantastic selection. I mean, and truly. And again, I I can't imagine I can't imagine her challenge. You know, but again, those. JJ and and his frat boy creative maniacs that he had uh, working on the show, uh, yeah, she had she had his like, show. Oh, we're gonna do this. It's like okay, I gotta find somebody. To, all right, so kudos to her, kudos to her, and uh, kudos to to what recognizing all of your talents and those of your castmates as well. So absolutely, I think we have time for one more. So let's get see if we what we can pull out here. And Kristen, thank Kristen, thank you very much. That was a great question for us. What do we have? And this is going to come from Jewel. Want to know, when did you find out or realize what the ending was? Okay, this is a loaded question. <laughs> Tomorrow. I don't know what the ending was. I was, you know, I, I, I just know that most people, there were two camps where I have I had a friend, a uh, good friend of mine from college who was just, you know, bonkers about the show. And he, he you know, he was, uh, he loved it so much. And then he watched the, the ending and then uh, I talked to him and he said, God damn you, you made me waste like five years of my life. <laughs> I said, what, what, what were you talking about? So he was in that camp where... You know, I don't think I think he wanted all the info, all the little the the, the things, the the mysteries that were put out there. And uh, there was the other camp where people said, "Oh God, that ending was was amazing. It was great. I loved it. I don't care what anybody says." Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, but then, again, I'm I'm not sure what the <laughs> I don't know what the ending was. And <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Patrick McGowan, the the creative force uh, behind the Prisoner, had the same thing. He had a very ending of his series that people weren't satisfied he had to go into hiding in in the united <laughs> states for a year because it was chased chased out of london and and yes i i certainly can see yeah you're right there are wow. there are two camps on the end of the show <laughs> and that's, that's a good way, of, good way of putting it but uh i i lean towards the ones that were satisfied i was like mm-hmm. this is good it was i got the emo i didn't need the answers but i got the emotions yeah mm-hmm. I think if you're in the exactly on that ride where you're you're hooked into the characters and uh, uh, more so than, say, just all of the, you know, all the questions needing being answered, then then, yeah, then you're, you're probably going to be more satisfied. And um, I certainly was on that camp as well. But I did have the, uh, is that me? I did have the, the privilege of working with Carlton again after that on Bates Motel. And, and we talked a lot about about the ending. And, and you know, I, even though I. I I did understand what was on the page. He clarified for those, you know, you know, and I, you know, he, he basically said that it was uh, in essence, you know, that church scene, which, which I didn't receive that scene. I got the, the, the final script without that scene. So anybody who, who was not in that scene didn't get that, that uh, get that portion of the script, but I was invited to go to the church just to say goodbye to all the other actors. That was another special moment. Oh, wow. Yeah, but that church is essentially, a, you know, a, a purgatory. So when Jack dies in real time on the island, you know, for those who, who are not clear on it, um, he suddenly is in the back there and he sees his father and his father and he asks him, what, what is this place? And he goes, this is a place that essentially paraphrasing, this place that knows no time. And he goes, what are all these people doing here? And he goes, they're sending you off to higher ground. 
So essentially, that was a soul group that had died at different times, even though we, we saw them as we knew them. And uh, so that was really kind of beautiful for me. I think, the, the you know, Carlton mentioned the scene that, that confused a lot of people was the very last shot was a shot of the empty beach, which they, you know, people thought, oh, my God, they never they were never there. They died. They're all dead. That really was just an, a, a thank you, an homage to Oahu. It had nothing to do with, you know, wow. it was simply that. So that that might have confused some people, but that was all mm. that, that it was intended to be. Mm. Andrew knows the real answer, but he ducked out on us, so he didn't have to reveal it. <laughs> <laughs> he knew he knew exactly what, what the answer is. <laughs> okay. Hopefully he'll join us again. Who's yeah, Emily? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, when did you uh, find out or realize? So find out, I'm not sure, Jewel, if you're asking when did we find out what it was, like on a timeline. I'm pretty close to filming it. Um, like Nestor said, if you were in it, you got that scene. If you weren't, you didn't. And I think I think I got two scenes, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Ooh, which one will it be? Just to, you know, keep us on our toes. And the whole script was read. Do you remember yes. that? Yeah. The whole last script was read yeah. um, to, again, for, you know, photocopy or no photocopy purposes. Or maybe just because Nestor likes red. I like red. I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was, I think it was maybe the night before even. Because, the, you know, and they knew it wasn't like dialogue for us to learn or they weren't sort of messing anybody up on a, on an acting uh, standpoint from keeping it that late for once mm-hmm. um and um yeah I think, I think there were two um god it's um it was such such a special time though such a special scene and you know like you guys talked about it is watching a show and i don't know i i liked the fact that it um it did not tie everything up cleanly with a little bow and say, here's all your answers. Because if they've done that, I mean, first of all, would have taken so long. It would be incredibly boring just to list off sort of factually what your what your answers are. Um, I get it, but I don't know. I like the mystery. I like I like I like what they did. The, but I see everyone's point. Yeah. It, again, I, I think the show ultimately was about people. It was about emotions. Mm-hmm. It was about life. And in life, we don't get the answers. You know, we don't, we don't, right. we don't get. You get yeah. some, you get like, tid, you get tidbits here and there. And then you kind of have to make your own truth. And you kind of have to figure it out for yourself a lot more than maybe you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So absolutely. Uh, Jeremy, any thoughts on the finale of the show? Uh, thoughts on the finale uh, or, or when I, Slides or books? Oh, so, yeah, just just uh, just your recollections. What do you? What's your opinion? I didn't um, I didn't catch up to it for quite a while afterwards because I obviously wasn't in it, and um, it took a while to to be able to come full circle to uh, to finish out the whole series. Uh, you know, the episodes that I was in. I, I was of the episodes that I wasn't in because it's like a death in the family, you know, just the, just the idea of the whole family having a, having an ending. Um, and I concur with these, these guys with, with what you're saying. I appreciated the more dialectical nature of the ending. Uh, wasn't so paint by number, wasn't good. 
was it's like like the best characters are of course polymorphous and four dimensional. They're not good or bad. They're they're good and bad. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, landing that plane, that particular crash landing, that crash landed plane, uh, just an extraordinary feat to pull it off in yeah. any way, shape, or form. And I, I applaud them for <coughs> finding a finding a way that was that moving and viable and agree. So. Absolutely agreed. And I I have been informed that uh, Andrew is suffering a uh, power outage in his area. Uh, what he's going to do. So to let everybody, everybody know, uh, if you have a private chat scheduled with him, he's going to switch over to his phone. So we should have him up to date to that. But I don't think he's going to join us because unfortunately, GalaxyCon viewers, this has been my time with the cast of Lost, but it absolutely does not have to be yours. If you'd like to chat with any of our guests, uh, including our Lost Lamp. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. No, he's <laughs> Yeah, sorry guys, sorry guys. Lost, uh, lost a computer. I'm out in the parking lot right now. Now on my uh, on my phone. So uh, sorry about that. Ah, no worries, no worries. We were we were just about ready to sign up. I'm so glad to have you on here. And we're good. I was telling everybody for if, uh, if they had a private chat schedule, you'd be able to continue it. So very good. I'll tell you what, Andrew. Real, real, super quick. Uh, what are your thoughts on the final episode? If you have any to share. Uh, uh, so, so the final episode, as far as knowing when it was going to happen and all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't in that loop. Um, yeah. and then as, as you know, I, I know there was a lot of uh, huzzah about, gosh, I hope after all, all of this time that I've invested looking at the show, I hope it's not going to be a dream sequence or something like that. And, uh, and so I, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of that, but gosh, I, I mean, it, it was sad to see it end. And, uh, I, I as, as far as judgment about, about what that, what that script was or the writing or any of that. I didn't, I didn't have any of that. I, I, again, I was just so happy to be part of it. Um, that it, uh, and I, 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 I wish I had been part of the final. I don't know how that would have worked, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I didn't get bent out of shape about it. Fair. Absolutely. I hope that somewhat a question there. No, that is absolutely perfect. And, uh, and uh, Jewel, thank you so much. That was a great question for us to sign up on. And absolutely, gentlemen and ladies, it's been my absolute pleasure to serve you all today. Once again, thank you for joining us here at the GalaxyCon virtual stage. Any final words for our audience before we all go backstage? Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for the memories. Thank you so much. And, and yeah, for thanks for being such a get together virtually. Yeah. yeah. Thank you guys. You know, thank you for being fans. Really, uh, you know, we made the show for you guys. And wear a mask, please. please. Yes. Um, thank you, like gangbusters, um, for being such magnificent fans. And if you would please Google uh, Leonard Peltier, um, I'm honored. One of the reasons I'm honored, and one of many reasons I'm honored to do this is I get to wear a t shirt like this, which shines a little skinny light on um, Leonard Peltier to promote awareness. He's the longest held political prisoner in the history of the U.S., Native American leader of the American Indian movement. Yeah. He was framed by Nixon's FBI. He's been in prison for 45 years for a crime he didn't commit. So um, anything you can do to raise your awareness and your friends' awareness, I'd be grateful. And thank you again for being such truly multi-dimensionally magnificent fans. Thank you all. It's been my absolute pleasure to serve you all again. Thank you for joining us here today. Thank you to our audience for joining us today. And thank you all for your great questions. Hope to see you all again later today for Casper of Nightmare Before Christmas. Until then, bye-bye, everyone. Take care, and please keep washing those hands.